Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. This is college basketball for Friday, January 5th. And folks, you can see on the screen there, three pretty interesting games for Friday. And folks, they fall off quickly after that. There are only 10 games in this Friday slate. So it's going to be a little bit of an interesting show. If you're newer with us, it's going to look a little bit different with regards to we might not have quite the variety of picks. We like to, you know, throw an over out there and then throw an under out there and then take a money line and then maybe take a favorite or you you can mix it up. And and you may not see that variety here today because we were a little handicapped, no pun intended, with the short slate. But the three games that we're going to cover on the free pick show, I think, are pretty good. And then in the extended cut for our loyal patrons over on dub club we're going to talk about every single game kind of talk about the numbers we're looking for what we're concerned about what we're hoping to see there's two more a grades uh, including the play of the day uh and so i think we'll have some good discussion there on the other seven games after uh, the break and again if you want to join us over on dub club you can do so with that link in the show description and get your first month for under a dollar a day you can click the qr code there if you're with us on youtube um otherwise cousin jared uh we would you know we sometimes do recaps probably more like once a week at this point. And I think the main reason why is today's a perfect example. We're recording this and we are a grand total of 10 minutes into like our first pick of last night. So we can't really tell you how Thursday yep. went because we don't know. We can't see the future. I will say the first 10 minutes of the Arizona game have gone swimmingly, but it would not be the first time that the first 10 minutes of a game have gone great and that we lost. So I don't want to yeah. yeah. say we've won, even though the first part looks good. So, you know, yep. hard to really recap the day before at this point. So we'll kind of try to do it like, you know, on a weekly basis. Um, and that helps, I think, with the big picture viewpoint. And again, if you're new here, we talk about it all the time, the three games, you know, we're not confident in exactly what's going to happen in these three games. Our confidence in the model comes in the long run, a larger sample size, betting 20, 30, 40, 100 games. And that may not happen in one night. That's fine. But over the course of several many days. And so we don't want to draw conclusions after three games. And we mean that both ways. Even if we go 3-0, and we're not going to say we're geniuses because we go 3-0. and We're geniuses because of the long-term profits. And, and geniuses is probably still a strong work. So I'm not sure that really applies to either one of us, Cousin Jared. No, no, definitely does not miss Cousin Jared would tell you no. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure uh, Mrs. Professor would would tell you that, uh, you know, I, I like to think that of myself, but it's 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 mm. inaccurate. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's get to it then with the uh, one of the two really fantastic games that I hear, UConn and Butler. This actually be in my backyard, and our friend Jake will actually be at this game. Mm. Um, I would I would go, but uh, obviously with baby Professor around, that would be a very bad life choice for marital bliss at home, especially because we also have uh, a three and a half year old as well. So um, yeah. we'll not be going to this game, uh, but, but just down the road from from where Jake and I live here in Indianapolis, UConn team that is a little bit shorthanded, of course, without Klingon matters. I mean, he is very 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 good um should be coming back relatively soon um and that obviously boosts them a lot even without him this UConn team is really good Butler has been uh, I would say surprisingly good better than last year last year it kind of felt like rock bottom with uh-huh. how by the Butler yeah. team is this year they're much improved especially on the offensive end they're becoming very solid you know a very solid mid-major type program they're just obviously nowhere um near UConn's level UConn's favorite on the road um, but we're actually here to talk about the total. UConn plays slow, but they're so good offensively, and Butler are so bad defensively yep. that that allows a lot of points to happen. One of the ways you can get a good over is pace and just possession, just a lot of shots at the hoop. But the other way that we like to talk about getting it over is just offensive efficiency. The mm-hmm. downside of taking it over in a game like this, if that offensive efficiency falls apart, which has happened in a Creighton game, 
like mm. four times this year, mm. it doesn't even come close. But hey, to be honest, if it doesn't come close, it's just one game. Who cares, right? Like if this game lands at 110, it doesn't really hurt us anymore than if it lands at 140, right? So yeah. if yeah. we miss that offensive efficiency, not a big deal. But with how efficient UConn is on offense, Butler being a much better offensive team than defensive team, we're expecting this to have a well above average number of points. Sports books are treating it like it'll be an average game. We think 151-ish on average, just as likely to land at the 150s, 140s, makes over an A-grade play here. Cousin Joris, tell us your thoughts. Well, you you, you talked about how, uh, you know, Creighton and offensive efficiency and how that has let us down at times. Uh, the next game that we're going to talk about here, we're gonna, I'll tell you about a team that the sideline sees us the same as Creighton offensively, mm-hmm. but very different results um, mm-hmm. so far. Mm-hmm. Um what I like about this play is that it's at Butler, and I think mm-hmm. that it's going to be a good atmosphere. I think Butler's going to stay in the game. If this were being uh, played at UConn up in mm-hmm. stores, I think that you have the potential of Butler's offense maybe not showing up, but I feel like at home uh, their offense is going to show up. Problem is UConn's offense will also show up. Yeah. and not not much of a, a contest between those two units. So I um, think Butler scores a lot of points. Uh, I think UConn probably scores more. Uh, yeah. so I, I, I like the over 143 and a half here. I mean, this is this is quite a strong, strong uh, overplay. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And everything you said there, if this is up in Connecticut, you run the risk of one of those 80 to 50 type games that UConn's done a lot of over the year, yep. over the last couple of years here with this incredible depth that they have. And, you know, where it just gets to be a sleepy last 10 minutes where the first half has 80 points in it because UConn's just destroying them and the second half just dies. There's no one's caring and, it, and, it, and it's over. And, and that could obviously happen here. UConn is that good of a team. Uh, but you're absolutely right. Butler's good enough at home. There's a decent chance to hang around. There's a reason the spread is single digits. Um, yep. Obviously, we would say we think UConn's more likely to win. I think everybody should say that. If anybody thinks Butler's more than 50% likely to win, that would be a little bit surprising. So so yep. we're not trying to indicate, you know, UConn's a lock to win. We're just saying we think it's more likely they win. They're a really good team. They're going to score a lot of points. Both teams do. Um, and that closer game should help keep it going <laughs> throughout the whole game rather than potentially a last 10 minutes that just falls apart. So over yep. 143 and a half. A grade pick here to start us off, and like you mentioned, it's a pretty strong A grade. The A grade threshold for this would be 146. So you have some wiggle room uh, still to play this as an A grade. If you're playing uh, anything a number or two above that, if it happens to go that direction, I never know where the line's going to go. Uh, then you'd still be talking about a, a strong B grade play, uh, mm-hmm. maybe 147, 148. So just in case the number goes out there, we would tell you that. And the a, and the grading gives you know if you're newer here, tells us about about how big of an edge we have, and that tells us we want to put a little bit more on it. Um, it doesn't necessarily, uh, with money line picks, it doesn't necessarily mean it's um, more likely to win or not. That's just probability of win. It just tells us the differential between what we think and the books think. Obviously, in a totals market, it actually is correlated with what we think is going to win because we're yeah. almost always playing totals at minus 110 or minus 115 or hopefully, in some cases, minus 105. Yep. Um, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, also kind of in our backyard, a little bit further back, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Illinois and Purdue. Um, I, I don't know what to say about Purdue at this point. I mean, they are really, really good. I think people Mm -hmm. know that. I know a lot of advanced metrics have Purdue number two. Um, We've still got a number one. And I think, you know, there's that Northwestern road game. Uh, Purdue handled their business in the last road game, but that Northwestern road game was kind of fluky. I think in regulation, the teams took the same number of threes, but Northwestern hit eight, Purdue hit four. I mean, that's a pretty big difference right there. And then they got the overtime and, and things went south from there. Um, otherwise, though, Purdue's really taking care of business this year. 
with regards to winning and, and against spread. They're, they're a really good team. This is an interesting game to handicap from a spread perspective because it's a big number and can mm-hmm. Purdue cover that. It gets a really good Illinois team, an Illinois team that is still good without Terrence Shannon Jr. Um, we had an A-grade pick on Illinois a few nights ago, their first game without him. Mm-hmm. And Jake was talking, and I were talking about, he was a little bit surprised. And I said, hey, the model had him out. It's the benefit of having a player-based model. And still said Illinois is really good. And, and you can see that they're still a really good team. Um, it'll always be a tall task for them to win outright. There's a reason why the spread is you know 10 or 11 or something like that. But again, we're here to talk about the total. And you know, stop me if you've heard this before, but when you get a team like Purdue, who's so good offensively, the top offenses are just so much better than the top defenses. They're playing a team in Illinois who's better on offense than defense, a team in Illinois who wants to play fast. And a Purdue team that everybody's trying to speed up, and this year, for the most part, Purdue said, that's fine, we can do that. Um, yeah. Purdue likes doing that, actually, which is kind of interesting, having uh, their best player be a big guy. We project 160.3, that makes over 154.5, and A grade 155 is your threshold for the A grade pick. So a little bit less wiggle room, uh, but even if we push at 155, that would still be an over A grade pick. Cousin Jared, tell us more. A couple of things on this one. The overs for both of these teams feel like they have gone excellent for us this year with both Illinois and and Purdue. And so, you know, this is just something that not only to sideline uh, say that there's an edge here, but it's just something that your gut for me feels right yeah. to for this game to go over. I, I Illinois, good good offense. Definitely like coming into the season, I did not anticipate their offense to be number 15 mm-hmm. in, in the country. Maybe the defense think- would be about – yeah, I think we had them early on in the season and talked about we thought their defense was going to be the strength of yeah. the team. And yeah. not quite exactly how it looks right now. Yeah, yeah. The defense still solid, probably about mm-hmm. where I expected mm-hmm. their defense to be. But yeah, offense definitely has taken a step forward. Purdue is the team I was alluding to. When we talk about Creighton and how sideline sees them highly efficient on offense, even though their pace is nothing to write home about. But the problem is, is like Creighton has not been delivering. Uh, Mm -hmm. on on those projections Mm -hmm. by sideline for whatever reason. Purdue is the exact opposite. It it, it sees Purdue and Creighton very similar offensively, but man, Purdue has just delivered in all of the ways that Creighton has not um, this year. And one thing that I was kind of hesitant about, especially coming into the season, was like, okay, you you got the big man. You got to feed him. It's going to slow things down. Mm -hmm. Even if their offense is highly efficient, how is that going to translate to scoring a, a ton of points? And you you talked about this. It hasn't mattered. If they want to go fast, that's that's great. Get it in there. Ed can still store. He can pass out of it. Uh, he can do a, a lot of uh, different things. So, I, you know, Purdue has just been a lot better on offense and has scored a lot more points than I thought they would for offense that runs through a big guy. So maybe once we get into the conference, the numbers will start catching up with Purdue. Um, but I'm going to guess going against Illinois, who even though Purdue has a really good defense, Illinois is still good enough offensively to do something against Purdue's defense. I don't think it's going to be tonight. Yeah. And, and I think you kind of said it or alluded to it for whatever reason, the sports books have been really slow to catch up to this on Purdue mm-hmm. and they've been scrambling with totals all season. And that's where we said we've, we've done so well with totals um, this year, but Purdue, I think is another team that, that either, either the sports books are struggling with or the way they're balancing their books, knowing what the sharps are doing and, and, and the bigger money players and their influential players, et cetera. However, however you want to phrase that, that cat and mouse game that happens with the people who have more money than you and I will ever, ever dream of having, yeah. um, unfortunately. Um, 
you know, that balance has kept Purdue lower scoring because whether it's the books or whether it's those people are just like stuck on Purdue's got a big man, they're going to play slow. Right. And it's like, they just haven't, you know, yep. teams have sped them up and Purdue said, that's no big deal, no problem. And they're going to score a lot of points. And so it's been kind of a cash cow for us because these totals that should be um, when Purdue's playing, a lot of times it should be in the one fifties and it's in the one forties, or in this case, it should be in the one sixties. It's in the one fifties, that sort of thing. We're just kind of right. constantly getting, you know, five to 10 extra points of value. And it, it hasn't won every single time. I think there was one of the neutral site games that we had that completely missed, but it's one way yep. more than it's lost. And that's the bottom line on these. When, when you're kind of firing on the same things, you know, taking a look at saying, is it working or not? And, and in this case it is, and hopefully the recent updates we did, the model will help get us away from that. I think it's kind of starting to ding Creighton a little bit because of the things you talked about. Yeah. Whereas Purdue, it's saying, Nope, just full steam ahead. Pun intended right there as a, as a boilish maker. Yeah. Um, so we're going to go over 154 and a half a grade pick there. And again, 155 is your threshold for that a grade over and because if you like games that start in the half hour for whatever weird reason you may like that tonight is your night we got a 6 30 and 8 30 and a 10 30 my hunch is these are probably all like on fs1 because i think mm -hmm. they do those friday games um they have contracts with like all these conferences so i'd be a triple header yep. on there um if not this might be on like cbs sports or who knows but uh, but the, the third best game of the night boise state and san jose state two teams that are not at the top of the mountain west but mountain west you know maybe regaining its strength in college basketball, which is fun to see. I love it when the Mountain West yep. is good at college basketball. Last year, they really took a step back, and we kind of lamented it all season, yep. all the years that the, the Mountain West was so good, and, and last year, not, not quite as good. Top yep. kind of strung in Boise State, pretty solid in there, as you can see, number 81 on offense, number 81 on defense. San Jose State a little bit further behind, uh, but this will still be a, a quality matchup, at least relative to what we have on the rest of the slate for Friday before we gear up for what I'm assuming is going to be like 150 games on Saturday. So everyone hold your oh, breath for that one. Yeah. Um, Boise plays at a pretty average pace. San Jose State plays slow. But here's the thing. San Jose State, I believe, is 9-4, and 9-5, and five, something like that, to the over this year. And I think it's a testament of kind of what our theme this show has been. And, and if you're newer here, I don't want you to miss this. We use pace absolutely. And I think half of our success in totals has been we've correctly valued pace in a couple places where the books have just completely missed it. Um, but it, tonight's theme of the show is Pace matters, but pace isn't everything because San Jose State plays slow, but they're going over the sportsbook's expectations because their offense is, de is decent and their defense isn't. And so you've got a team in Boise who just is very happy to play whatever kind of game you want, pretty 50-50 to the total. But San Jose State's an over team, and I'm not sure the books have caught up yet. They're getting close to catching up, according to the model, and that's why this is a secret. Over 142.5, model thing's 143.8, so the model put it 144 saying the books are about to catch up. They're almost there. The value on these centers of state overs dwindling is kind of what the sportsbook's perspective or the, the model's perspective would be. So still worth a play, but we're going to scale back and not play it quite as much as the other ones because I like this over. I don't love this over. I'd love it if it was in the 130s, uh, but still in the low 140s, still probably worth a play because, you know, there's a chance that the model hasn't really caught up all the way either. And maybe this really should be more like 145. We're not really sure because it's tough with the San Jose State team who plays so slow to really adequately model just the fact they keep going over way more times than not. Because, Jared, what's your take on our nightcap? <sighs> Sometimes you have to set aside what – not necessarily set aside what sideline says – but you have to look at how the teams are performing relative to what sideline thinks. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you could yep. get all technical about some of the updates that you've made 
to, to sideline recently, but like, isn't that one of the things that it, it tries to do is it like kind of tries to self-correct that? I don't know. Maybe oversimplifying yeah. that too much. I but. mean, I think that's a, a fairly way that the, the, and the major update that I just made a couple, you know, here a few days ago was trying to make sure that we're really adequately tuning that self-correction factor to kind of say, Hey, we're missing. We need to keep going. We're missing. We need to keep going. We're missing. We need to keep going, you know, uh, until we kind of hit the right spot for, for each team. Yeah. Well, what I would say is that, uh, and I've alluded to this a couple of times, I watch sideline more than I watch the college basketball games and sideline has loved an under in a San Jose state game. It has loved to under in a Boise state game. And yeah. so it does catch my attention when it flips the way that this mm -hmm. has. And you mentioned that San Jose state has had a propensity, even though that they play fairly slow to go over in their games, um, you know, by the, the standards of the teams that they've played probably have a better offense. Their defense, not, not exactly wonderful. I think Boise, you know, I definitely had the perception that like, Boise State, Fresno State, Air Force, Wyoming, like mm -hmm. all of these teams were the exact same team. And that was super slow, mm -hmm. meh on offense, good on defense. But the reality is, is that Boise State has a, a pretty good offense. They're not a, necessarily a slow team. They still have a pretty solid defense. So um, the combination of San Jose's, San Jose State's uh, not great defense and Boise State's above average offense – I think that we can get there. And again, for me, this is about sideline kind of flipping on, on what yeah. it's kind of projected for both of these teams. Yeah. Kind of saying like, Hey, we gotta, we gotta keep going in the direction. It's like admitting and again, we talk about the model, all models are wrong. Right. And so the model's never perfectly accurate. That's, that's okay. That's not possible. What we're trying to do is get it directionally correct. Right. Make sure we're going in the right spot. And the model's kind of looking at, especially with San Jose state a little bit with Boise as well. Like, Hey, like we gotta, we gotta change our ways here. And uh, I know the books have been having the same problem. They, they wouldn't prefer a team to be that lopsided to, to one thing or the other. They'd like to be able to peg it 50-50, put it right on the number every single time, of course. Um, it, it's it's funny you mentioned Mountain West. And, and we talked a lot about this last year, too, that last year team started speeding up. And it started to become a much more uh, higher scoring conference, maybe even the end of the year before. But I remember whether it was two years ago or three years ago, um, we were doing these shows. And it was like we would do the late night Mountain West game. Uh, on here, especially on like a Tuesday night. Uh -huh. uh, and it was like pick two teams. And it was like, this game might be like 58 to 52. <laughs> like it yeah. didn't matter who was playing. I was like, it was a kid like one ring, like Utah state maybe was like going to score points. And like everybody else was yeah. play slow, great defense. I mean, I'm pretty sure. And, and San Jose state or San Diego state, I'm pretty sure still did that last year in yeah. their run of the tournament. But most of that conference air force hasn't, of course, but a lot of that conference is, is, change a little bit it's hard to kind of change the uh perception there in, in our mm -hmm. brains of that to, to yep. realize these teams are, are maybe not quite as extreme as they were as soon as the state's still playing that same pace it's just they don't have the defense yep. uh yep. to back it up and that's of course one of the things you, you, we talk about with in the bottom of the conference like they are how do you handle that what do you try to do to have success when you don't have the same talent that your peers do um and offensively they're okay but defensively they struggle and that's part of the reason why we think uh their games are going over and this one can get over too so over 142 and a half c grade 141 and a half would be a b grade um and then you know in into the 130s now you're talking about a grade so if it were to drop you would be able to get some a grade value if it goes up too much you know might be a small bit of value because again, maybe the model's still not quite there. Maybe it should be 145, but at some point, if the number goes up, we're we're really running out of runway for where we think there's value on this pick. And as a reminder, while I may be 
uh, preaching to the choir to a lot of you on, on this one. When we talk about the value of the pick like that, about a third of games are going to be way, way off one direction, a third way, way off the other direction. It's that middle third that are around the number. That's what we're trying to talk about because yep. you're going to win some of your picks easily and you're going to lose some of your picks easily. We don't sweat sweat those. We sweat the ones that are close and say, did we get a good number? And that's what's going to make us money in the long run. And just as a reminder, if you're looking to get more information, more picks, some of the information we provide over on Dub Club, there's the cheat sheet here for Boise State and San Jose State. You get this for every single game, every single day, also in table form without the words. So it's easier to digest if that's what you like. Color coded even, you know, based off of the um, strength of the play. And as you can see here, uh, we're projecting an average score of about 75 to 69 uh, for Boise State. Better team on the road. Slight favorites, tough one to peg on the side, but we think the over might have a little bit of value. Uh, and there is your recap. Again, you can join us on Dub Club for discussion about the other games. Two more A grades, the play of the day. And we're going to cover every single game. So, so we'll, we'll give you some thoughts, some insight, what we like, what we don't like, what we're scared of, what we're not scared of, etc. Cousin Jared, before we get to that, parting words. 146 games-ish on Saturday. Um, full slate. Game I'm looking forward to most. Queens University at Kennesaw State. Um, I will tell you right now. They can't over. make the number high enough. <laughs> no. 165 over. Uh, they, 170 over. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's going to be some good ones. And Southland Conference play is starting too. So there's going to be some crazy time. overs in, in Southland as well. So if I have any say in the production of the picks, which I do, expect to see some at least a couple of overs on Saturday. All right, that sounds good. We'll take a 60-second pause. If you haven't watched the video, watch the video. Give you a little bit more information. Otherwise, hopefully you're with us on Dub Club and see us on the other side. If not, we will see you tomorrow.